Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey, we're hey. here. We're here. We are here for episode 31 yes. of the Pacific Northwest Showdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the end of the school year for us. It's getting there. And it's getting there. Uh, we're really excited. Less than a month. Summer is right around the corner, and it is a gorgeous weekend for the yes. Pacific Northwest. Um, yes. Soaking up the sun. The spring we were all waiting for has finally arrived. Just on the verge of summer. Just so close. So, you know, a couple of things that we're looking forward to this upcoming week. Yeah. Um, so we got tickets to the Seattle Sports Star of the Year Awards. Yes, we did. That's and true. that's happening on Thursday mm-hmm. night. Yep. And we get to get all fancy and dressed up. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking great. Oh, that is true. I have no idea what to anticipate in terms of like who's going to be there, where we're sitting, what the yeah. event is going to be like. But hopefully we get the dress code correct. I yeah. It could be risky business, <laughs> right? It's just like, is what we're wearing Are we supposed to wear some sort of uniform? What's happening? We're going to show up and we'll see what happens. It we'll will look be, good either way. We'll look great. Yeah. It's just whether or not <laughs> I'll say it mm-hmm. is what I'm going to wear appropriate enough. For this kind of awards uh, banquet, I think I think you're gonna look great. I'm I'm excited to be with you, no matter what anybody else looks like. Hint for everybody who knows a reference to this: it might my dress might have some Jessica Rabbit vibes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I am not mad about it. Kate's not mad about it at all. So we'll post pictures. We're really looking forward to that event. Yeah, we also have the next day, we have another storm game. So we're really excited about that. And uh, hopefully we'll see some of you there. That'd be great. It's been fun running into people. It's been really fun. Please say hello if you see us. Just like, hey, we connect on Twitter or on Instagram or on any of the social medias. Yeah, yeah. Just say hello. We love meeting people in person and getting to connect at sporting events. It's been pretty fun. Yeah. So talking about sports, let's go ahead and dive into the showdown lowdown segment coming up next. All righty. It is time for the showdown lowdown. It's the showdown lowdown. I did not see that coming. Thanks for that entertainment. I don't think I've done that one yet. You have not. All right, so this is the Showdown Lowdown, where we talk about the Pacific Northwest sports news and updates. We are going to kick it off, as always, with the Seattle Seawolves. That's right. And, you know, the Seattle Seawolves had, had uh, you know, previously met up with Rugby New York on May 15th, and despite a valiant effort, fell 30-22. to 22. Now, the Seawolves had scored two tries in the second half, but it just wasn't enough to get that mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. Um, scrum half, J.P. Smith did earn his 50th cap for that match, so that was a nice positive. Um, this week, the Seawolves have a bye, so depending on how the results are of the other matches that are going on, um, sure. that could potentially affect playoff standings this weekend for them. It might be harder for them to reach it. This Their game with... Um, Rugby New York, they didn't score any points for the standings um, in there. So mm-hmm. that and 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 when and they need those. So their final home match of the season will be on Friday, May 27th, against the Houston Sabercats. So that's coming up. And I believe we would have totally been there, but we have, know, a we have a storm game, game which too. we have season tickets. So yeah. we're trying to make as many of those as possible. True. Um, but man, those Seawolves. Good luck to I'm, the Seawolves. It's also on the their um, 
also their military appreciation night that okay. night and tends to be a pretty pretty big crowd pretty fun pretty yeah, fun I event bet. from what i've heard so um and i think they have one more game on the road after that to kind of uh, wrap up at least the regular part of the season okay. um also uh the mlr is going to be having their collegiate draft day on August 18th, that got announced, and that's going to be able to be watched on the Rugby Network, which is cool that you'll be able to see it. And Rugby Network is free to join and all that kind of stuff, so anybody can have access to that and see pretty much all kinds of rugby games, which is really great. There's going to be 39 players um, from either the United States or Canada. Those are the kind of the eligible eligible places to draft from. Okay, and they'll be selected to join the um, the 13 teams over the course of three rounds. So. Current Seawolves um, center, uh, Tavidi Lopetti, was actually the number three overall pick during last season's draft. So Fun facts. Um, yeah, little fun facts spread throughout today. So looking forward to that coming up in August. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Good luck to the Seawolves on the 27th. I know. I'm hope. I'm mm, we'll, we'll be with you there in spirit. In, in spirit, Seawolf for sure. spirit. That's right. All right. <laughs> so the OL Reign played against the Portland Thorns on May 13th, coming away with a draw of zero to zero. Mm-hmm. And today, May 22nd, they take on the Washington Spirit back at Lumen Field at 3 o'clock. So they're playing as we speak. Right. And at half, it was 0-0. It was zero to zero zero to zero. Yep. So like a lot of the OL Reign games, it can also be watched on Paramount+. Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. And it's also their game celebrating Title IX, which went into law 50 years ago to ensure sports were open to more than just men. This law made it possible for all of these amazing female athletes to become the incredible players they are today. Take Fallon Toulouse-Joyce, for example. She has now won the NWSL Save of the Week for five weeks this season. She's appeared in 11 games total, so that's almost half of her playing time. Mm -hmm. Other news in women's soccer recently was that the USWNT, so the U.S. Women's National Team, will now be paid the same amount as the men's national team. All of the hard work that has gone into bringing about this level of equity has not gone unnoticed or unappreciated. This is incredible news. It's huge. And congratulations huge. to the U.S. women's national team. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's good that they're uh, financially getting represented and uh, compensated, compensated the equally. way that they should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So going over to the Kraken, the NHL draft is coming up in July, which sounds a lot farther away than it actually is, apparently. I agree. It's going to be here before we know (laughs) it. It really is. This year, the Kraken will have the number four pick overall, as well as four other second round picks. And fun fact, like I said, they'd be spread throughout. Kraken GM Ron Francis was actually the number four pick when he was drafted in 1981 by the Hartford Whalers. So there's a little... Number, there we go. Another number four luckiness maybe around there. Um, as Seahawks fans are aware, there's always the possibility of trading up or down depending on what picks the team is looking for. And, you know, the difference in hockey is that some of these players are actually getting drafted at like 18 years old. They're and, pretty young. And whether or not they're actually ready for the NHL can be kind of questionable. Um as we did see with Maddie Veneers, though, sometimes drafted players do wait before actually joining the team. Veneers did, you know, play the last 10 games at the Kraken and, and did he remarkably did well. Incredible. So, um, you know, it sounds like overall, though, that there is some depth and hope in this draft class to help build out the Kraken some more. So we'll just have to kind of see what happens between now and then. So looking forward to kind of seeing how that rolls out. 
Yeah, and it will be our first NHL draft besides, you know, the expansion with the Kraken that we're yeah. probably going to be really focused in on. So yeah. this is going to be exciting to watch that draft. I know. Yeah, hockey. Ooh. All right. The Seattle Mariners. <laughs> we make our own sound effects. We don't edit these in. This is just us. It's, yeah, adding in. That's so. Right. As the Mariners have continued to struggle after high, high hopes. It's true. Heading into the season, they're trying to find roster solutions that will help them get their footing to find success on the field. So it was announced on Saturday, May 21st, which was yesterday, that the Mariners have signed four-time All-Star outfielder Justin Upton to a one-year deal after his release from the Angels. Now, the past few years, Upton has kind of struggled as well. People can continue to hope that, you know, he has experience uh, as a four-time all-star outfielder. Yeah. He has experience in the league. He's done. He's had some incredible seasons, but it's been a little bit since that's been the case for him. So we'll see what kind of leadership he can bring into the clubhouse, um, you know. And so Upton will get ga into game shape before he'll potentially be pulled onto the sure. starting lineup or roster by first reporting to the extended spring training mm -hmm. and um, you know, talking about the Mariners current record, it sits at 17 wins and 24 losses. Yeah. They're nine games back in the AL West mm -hmm. and only 0.5 games ahead of the team in last place, which is the athletics oh, geez, in the division. <laughs> None of us saw this coming at the beginning of the no, season. No, Fans no, and ana analysts alike genuinely thought that the Mariners could take the division this year, that they could take the division or that mm -hmm. they would at least battle it out for the top spot in the division and be playoff contenders. Yeah. So it isn't to say at this point that it's impossible because it's still may. Yeah. It's early, but they would have to really turn things around. I mean, like drastically turn things around after kind of getting themselves in this hole of nine games back right now. Yeah. So the real question here is what's the answer? Mm -hmm. Is it simply finding consistency with the bats, mm -hmm. having injured players like Mitch Hanniger and Ky Kyle Lewis, who has been down at the AAA level coming back into the lineup? Mm. Is it a change in leadership? I don't quite know where the Mariners go from here at this point in time. Mm -hmm. But when I look at the roster, I wouldn't assume that this is how far back this team would be, to be honest. Now, they do have some young players that they are really hoping to de develop. Kalnick hasn't been panning out. They dropped him back down to AAA. He's still struggling down there. So, you know, when you have these really bright spots in the team that you're hoping are going to develop into these incredible players. You think about Julio Rodriguez right now. Yeah. He's living up to that hype. Kelnick mm -hmm. was supposed to be that level of hype as well. And he yeah. was initially, but he hasn't been panning out to this point in time. Mm -hmm. But what do you do when that happens? Either way, I think it is time that the pressure needs to be taken off this team at this point. I don't, I think that the high hopes have really fizzled out. I, I can hear it in the way people are talking about the Mariners. Yeah. That this is it's classic like Mariners, same thing, the same yeah. old thing. People are tired of it. And yet we still have to be here to support this team. I guess we don't have to be. If you're somebody that decides that you can't do it anymore, that's, you know, that's to each their own. True. But in my mind, when we've seen this team go off 
is it's, when we've really yeah. rallied behind them, when we've shown up to the field, when they've had sold out crowds. And we need to continue to realize that as a fan base, yeah, we play a huge role in this too, in their success. Yeah. In their belief in themselves. Mm -hmm. In their ability to go out and win games. Mm -hmm. So don't forget how much fan support can play a role in a team finding success. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to leave it on that note with the Mariners. Sure. Yep. I mean, I got you. I got you. Well, leaving it there with the Mariners, Mariners, let's move over to the Sounders. So the Sounders have won their past two regular season matches against the Minnesota United FC and the Houston Dynamo. Um, in their match, the Dynamo thing I do remember before yep. about how... <laughs> Who knows what episode that was, but that was Dynamo good. is always going to be a thing for me now. Yeah, it's true. Um, <clears throat> long-term listeners or long-time listeners might know what might we're talking about. that reference. <laughs> Maybe. Um, anyway, in their match with uh, with Minnesota United FC, uh, the Sounders won 3-1 to one with goals from Rui Diaz, Roldan, and Lodiero. And they owned time of possession, having the ball 58% of the time. They had also had seven shots on target of their 15 shots on goal. Which is pretty good because sometimes you see a drastic, like, mm -hmm. that's pretty much, I'm going to say half. We all know that that's not technically half, but basically. I mean, it's for for how it works in soccer and those, and those mathematics, yeah, it'd be about half for sure. Well, so that was with Minnesota United FC, which turned out well and then in their match against the houston dynamo you know the sounders also won with a score of one to zero that time and the lone goal came from ruida diaz at the um, 28th minute so this was his second goal of the season not including the three goals in the concacaf finals so he was also named in this week's mls team of the week for week 12 so congratulations to him that's really exciting right pretty cool yeah i love pretty it when they're cool. highlighted in those so, ways <laughs> i agree and the sounders next match is actually tonight sunday may 22nd against the colorado rapids so good luck to the sounders hopefully they can pull out another win it's going pretty well so far for them so yeah all right so the seattle seahawks the Seahawks begin their organized team activities. Lots of people know this as OTAs. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't know what OTA stood for, it is organized team activities. They begin <laughs> that tomorrow, Monday, May 23rd. So this will be the first of 10 OTAs that will lead up to a mandatory mini camp from June 7th to the 9th per Bob Condotta. Mm -hmm. And during OTAs, offense and defense can do 11 on 11 drills. So this will be the first time that the offense and the defense will face off against one another this offseason. Okay. So you kind of get to see them a little bit more, you know, initially when they've done some practices and stuff, it's just mm -hmm. the offense, just the defense. You're, you're not competing against each other. This is really going to help highlight some different skill sets from the offensive and defensive players. Yeah. So I am looking forward to to hearing about how our rookies develop during this period of time and who mm -hmm. is an immediate standout pl player. Yeah. This is something that we should be listening and looking for is who is an immediate standout player from this rookie class. Mm -hmm. So it will also be interesting to see how the quarterback situation pans out because, you know, this week the Seahawks did wave quarterback Levi Lewis, who yeah. I was intrigued by, but yes, he was on the shorter side and it, he was an undrafted free agent. So not a complete surprise, but I was slightly intrigued by him personally. Um, so right now the battle is primarily between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. And okay. it, 
it's clear because these are who people are really highlighting and talking about in that regard of who that battle will really be between mm-hmm. for the Seahawks starting quarterback position for the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. However, rumors surfaced once again this week that the Seahawks and the Panthers have been in touch with the Browns regarding quarterback Baker Mayfield. Okay. And but it was stated that again in these rumors the Browns would have to take on more of Mayfield's cap hit for let's say the Seahawks or the Panthers to agree to to any trade in the potential future. Yeah. I could see the Seahawks keeping an eye on the situation. Of course they say they're in on everything so that wouldn't be a surprise. Um, depending on how their quarterbacks develop yeah. over the offseason, what they see in OTAs, what they see in the mini camps and all of that. But I don't see them actually making a trade unless they were concerned or have doubt about the ability for Smith or Locke to really step in in that quarterback one role. Okay. So I don't see Makes it sense. happening unless it's getting closer to when the season starts. The Browns are starting to want to try to really offload Baker Mayfield. Um, the Seahawks are extra concerned about the potential, you know, leadership under center. We'll see how it pans out um, after OTAs in the mini camp. Okay. Well, we will keep our eyes attention. We'll keep our eyes focused on that a little bit, but for the meantime, we can keep our eyes also focused on the Seattle storm. The Seattle storm. I yeah. wish I could do a lightning sound effect, but <laughs> That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe over the summer I'll have to practice all my sound effects or something. Um, Well, so the Seattle Storm, you know, they have started off their season with a record of three and three. And, you know, they struggled in their back-to-back games against the Phoenix Mercury, losing both games with a point differential of, of 25 over those two games. So it's important to note, though, that during those two losses, the storm did not have Epiphany Prince or um, Brianna Stewart available due to illness. And mm-hmm. so you can kind of see like how big of an impact not having those two amazing athletes um, in those games were. And, and the WNBA basketball in general, you don't have like tons of depth on your bench. You've got like 12 people and that's yeah. It. So when there's five in the game, they had to, you know, they had to sign somebody on. Yeah. They'd had like a Raina Perez, I think. Yeah. They had pulled like her a 10 back day on. or something yeah, like that. So, yeah. So, um, and Mercedes Russell has been injured. And so that's like a person down too. And so anyway, but in, in the past two games, um, Prince and Stewart were back on the court. Um, they've won at home and they were playing against the Chicago sky and then also against the LA Sparks. So in a game against the Chicago Sky, um, Ezzy Magbagor was the leading scorer with 21 points, not the top three players that most people think about. Right. But also but an incredible, an incredible impact player. athlete. Oh my gosh. They were um, she also came away with six rebounds and four assists. Um, in the game against the Sparks on Friday, May 19th. Uh, Brianna Stewart had an incredible game, leading the team with 28 points, seven rebounds, and two assists. Do you see how not having Stewart available could have drastically actually impacted the game and those two losses that they had against Mercury? Like, just Brianna Stewart's... Like, when she's on the court, you know she's on the court. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, right? So, it's... and, And being at the games, being able to watch it all in person, I tell you what, like, for somebody who hasn't watched basketball in a really long time and hasn't seen a WNBA game in a while. I'd seen a few when they played at the key arena before, but not, not tons. Um, and so it is just 
amazing to watch these games in person and see what these women are doing and how how much fun this game is to watch. Like I just I know I'm going to say it every single week, but if you have not yet gone to a Storm game, oh my gosh, get out there and go. First, Climate Pledge is amazing as an arena. It's kind of pricey for certain things, but these tickets are so affordable compared to like a Seahawks concert game, tickets, a Kraken, Kraken game. tickets, like all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it's a great way to see Climate Pledge, see an amazing sport take place. They've got really fun stuff, um, fun activities and things in between with um, Shelly Hart doing different uh, kind of like things activities, in the crowd or Doppler yeah. out there doing stuff. Um, Trunks, DJ Trunks playing the music and everything. It's just such a fun time. And I think it's just one of those things I'm just going to keep saying, like, go to Storm Games. Go to, like, OL Rain Games. Go to these games. It's so much fun. I was just looking at, I know we're not in the OL Rain segment, but I was looking at OL Rain tickets for trying to find some games for us to go to. And tickets, like, you could get tickets as cheap as, like, 17, 20 bucks for OL Rain Games. Like, just amazing opportunities out there. Anyway, trying to get myself back on track. But the uh, Storm have their next game up against the New York Liberty at Climate Pledge on Friday, May 27th at 7. And like Michaela we'll had said, we're going to be there. You should definitely get your tickets. Such a fun way to spend an evening. So uh, come on out to Climate Pledge and root on the Seattle Storm with us. Awesome. Yeah. We'll be there. We We will. All right. Coming up next is one of our favorite segments that we haven't done in a few weeks. <laughs> Kate's Corner. Oh, It's time for Kate's Corner. Welcome back to Kate's Corner. It's me. I'm Kate, but I'm not actually in a corner. So it is a little bit of a deceiving name. She's on a couch. <laughs> I am on a couch in the middle of the room. Anyway, so um, some of my tweets lately, if you follow me on Twitter, some of my tweets lately have been talking about like shoes or clothes or something like that here and there. And so for Kate's Corner, I thought I'd talk a little bit about sports merchandise and such. So, you know, the thing is I did not own, maybe this is not surprising, but I did not own a lot of sports clothing before I met Michaela. I had like a couple of Seahawks shirts and that is about How it. often did you wear those Seahawks shirts? I would, did you wear them on Blue Friday before you met me? Like, I, were you a Blue Friday person? I was a Blue Friday person because at school, like everybody, everybody was a wear, Blue Friday everybody person. Everybody is where like okay. people, you know, wear Seahawks stuff on Fridays. And I was just like, I like a theme. I can get behind theme days. Like, so I just kind of treated it like a theme day and I would just kind of do that. We cover seven sports teams. Yeah. There are seven days in a week. It's true. I mean, like I could assign a team to every single day of the week, you know? I already pretty much wear sports clothing pretty much all the time. Every day of the week. Yeah. But it's like I do. And, you know, and now that I've gotten more into sports with you and I have some more sports clothing, like I would try to pay attention to which days certain teams are playing and yeah. try to wear stuff on certain she days does. and stuff like, like that. There are like, times where like I've been like, oh, the you know, I don't know. The Sounders are playing today or the Rain are playing today. Yeah. Kate's like, oh, thanks for telling me. Like I can wear something now that's yeah. going to represent the team. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I try to I try to I try to do it all. But 
overall, you know, it's, it is kind of different now that I am doing all this stuff, right? Like I've got some jerseys, I've got shirts, sweatshirts. I even have some socks. We have hats. We have a bunch of scarves. Lots of scarves. I would like a scarf for every team. I do think that would be nice. So we have to work on that. We have I think the Seawolves. We've got the Rain. Like two Seawolves. We've I got think. the Sounders. Rain. Sounders. Then we have Mariners. There's a I think we have a Seahawks one. Do we have a Seahawks one? Did you have a Seahawks one? I don't think we have a okay, Seahawks one. Okay, so maybe one. a Seahawks one. We would need a, a storm. I don't, a storm. I saw somebody wearing a, like an old, like an older um, oh, yeah. logo version of a storm scarf. Um, so maybe that could be a thing that could come out eventually. But anyway, I do think it'd be cool. But, um, you know, overall, I'm not wearing scarves all the time. But I sure some things are pretty easy to wear most mostly. And, you know, I think that having all these things to represent our great PNW teams is pretty awesome having all these items of clothing or accessories or whatever. And, you know, certain teams have a lot more merch than others. The Seahawks and Mariners have tons out there, but they also have been around a long time. They're pretty popular sports. And honestly, though the Kraken are new on the scene, they exploded with their clothing. They did a really good job with their branding, their marketing and branding. kept churning out more mm -hmm. and more designs and styles throughout the whole season. BT Dub, they are having some great sales at their team stores right they now. Are. So if you need some Kraken, I'm going to put need in air quotes. If you need some Kraken gear, I would totally go over there. They're trying team to clear stores. out to make room for the new for stuff the new that stuff. will come yeah. up for the next season. Yeah, stuff up to like 60% off some of it. It's pretty impressive. So if you need some stuff, again, air quotes need, need, you go, you go ahead and find it. So I was trying to look and see what all is available. Maybe you don't live near a team store. Maybe you can't get to a team store, you know, mm -hmm. um, how maybe are you, you like get... to not have to be places in person? Maybe you don't like people. Like that's a thing, that's right? Okay. That's fine. You don't have to like people. You can still shop like online is exists, right? So I was trying to look into it a little bit and, you know, five of the seven teams around the pro, the pro teams here have their online shops hosted by fanatics and you can find lots of options for clothes, accessories, um, other items like license plate frames or mugs or earrings or whatever. Great gift ideas. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now the OL Rain and the Seawolves host their own online shops. Um, and you can find other great items in other stores or places too, like Simply Seattle, who has an online and a brick and mortar shop and carries fun and unique pieces that you can't find anywhere else. And so, but for the Fanatics hosted shops, you know, the Storm has the least amount actually out of all the team's websites overall um at least online and strangely enough i found this really weird the way their shop site is set up most of their items are in the men's section like the shirts most of them are men's Even yeah the hats like i didn't really realize hats had a gender um i made a comment to michaela that i won't repeat here on the podcast but i feel like it was just kind of a weird a weird thing um, and I'm just, I'm really not trying to get into the whole conversation about gender and clothing at all. But like for the storm, if we look at who the at fans the WNBA, are, NBA, the women's, women's sports, like National who West. are the fans for women's sports? If you've been to a WNBA game, you've seen it, right? It's like, shouldn't the merch also represent those fans or maybe at least who the players are? I was just really, I was just really surprised by that. Interestingly, the OL Rain doesn't have genders at all listed for their clothing. Everything is either unisex, regular fit, or narrow fit. And honestly, it seems easy enough to understand. Like, yeah. it doesn't yeah. really have an issue, and you can buy whatever you want, I guess. So, the Storm, the OL Rain, and the Seawolves 
I'll have smaller amounts of merch available for purchase in general compared to the other four. But I mean, this makes sense because they are all teams with overall less attendance, smaller budgets, and don't have their games broadcasted regularly on network television. So I know that creating all these things, these awesome shirts and product lines and things takes money and time and space, yep. which can make it hard to be able to make all of these types of products. But let me tell you, I have now been to games for all seven teams and the passion shown for those three teams, the storm, the rain, the sea wolves, the passion shown for those teams while you're there is equal to the teams with all that visibility out there, if not even greater. And there is an amazing amount of pride shown by fans at those games. And that means that the potential for making money is definitely there. Can I also just make a comment about how those three teams actually have seen the most success in terms of like championships uh, in the recent years than any uh, of the other teams? Yeah. So I just want to put that out there. We have like, Seattle teams who are winning championships recently. And they are not getting nearly enough love or support. Yep. But gosh sakes, they're awesome. My goodness. And so I just, I think my whole point about this is that like, I'm really hopeful that maybe somehow more options can be produced for fans of these teams so that they can purchase them and represent how much they love their teams and how, how amazing they are. Because isn't that why we want to wear those team logos anyway, to just tell the world that we're the fans and that our team is better than all those other ones. You know, I mean, I think I have room for more shirts. I could get some more things. It would be fine. I support the cause, but obviously I'm a little biased because I love sports stuff. It's true. Yeah, it is true. So I just, I think out there, you know, can I just say too, there was one time that Kate went and bought herself like a couple things off of the Seawolf's team store oh and gosh. it arrived and she got me nothing. I And then I was like, the audacity. <laughs> like, so it, I was just really excited and I know it's okay. Um, she I hit purchase on, and I just think it's like continued on, on with her life. I think we made like, here. you made a TikTok out of it or something about me buying this stuff. And then I found out afterwards you were sad that I had an order. Share <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I love having, I love having options. I love having things to wear. And when we go to these games, I love being able to like have something of that team to wear to the game. Right. And something different sometimes, which I also, again, it could show, like that's the a, same thing. It's a privilege, right? It's a privilege to be able to represent and to go to and even go, to yeah. have, you know, all of those options. But it can get it's, crazy. It's really exciting to be able to support the teams that you really love and care about. And Absolutely. Who you want to have a lot more visibility. So yeah. that being said, go buy tickets for the Seawolves, the OL Rain, and the Seattle Storm. Please. And buy their merch. It's pretty dope. Yeah. All right. Anyway, well, thanks for visiting Kate's Corner. You've got mail. This is our mailbag segment, by the way. It is, in case you thought it was an AOL commercial. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got six questions. Oh, my gosh. Kate and her sound effects today. We got six questions from all of you lovely people who listen to the podcast. Or at least week. six of you lovely people. Yes, which <laughs> all six of you. Everybody else that's listening and didn't ask a question, you are also lovely. It's true. It's all right. True. So what's the first question, Kate? Well, that's a great question, Michaela. Thanks for asking. 
<laughs> our first question comes from uh, Potsy. And Potsy says, what are your thoughts on the Mariners' current struggles? I kind of alluded a little bit within sure. the, you know, or the showdown lowdown segment mm -hmm. that, you know, what my thoughts and feelings were. To be honest, I just, I feel like there was a lot of pressure put on this young team. I was going to ask you about that. They, it's like some performance anxiety there's a, or some, like, some sort of, like, no, you know, it's a lot there, to live up to. There's, there's a lot of different factors. The bullpen has struggled. Some, you know, put the blame on you know, Scott service who, you know, he makes the lineup and where he's putting people on the lineup and how he's, mm. he's managing that, mm -hmm. um, the development of these young guys and is it panning out and why isn't it if it's not? Yeah. Or is it too early? Are we all just jumping the gun here? Is it unrealistic expectations by fans? Good point. You know, is this really, you know, some people are talking about how it wasn't supposed to be this year where they just completely went off the charts that, you know, the expectation is that, you know, 2023, 2024, we could really see once these young guys come in and they get settled in and they have a year or two under their belts, yeah. that they've gotten a lot more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I think now, like as quote disappointing as this can be to a lot of fans after seeing how last season ended, mm -hmm. people continue to point out too the fact that they won a lot of close games that they, it could have gone the other way on last that's, season. That's true. And so for there to be high expectations of how this season was going to be a continuation of that was unrealistic. Mm. So that being said, things have to shift and change. They're mm -hmm. second to last in the division at this point, mm -hmm. nine games back. You would expect that if they have the expectation that in 2023 or 2024 that they're going to be playoff bound, mm -hmm. if that's what their goal is, that they wouldn't be currently nine games back at the beginning of the season, at least in my opinion. At least my, like you would see it, you would see them getting better if that, that was the goal the hope, right? in the next year or two. You yeah. would see them con either continuing on sure. with where they're at and their play and being able to really elevate in the moments of, um, I guess you could say high pressure moments in a game Yeah, to turn out a win. Okay. Um, that's part of the game, yeah. right? Your team has to be able to thrive in those moments. It's going to happen. Yeah. How do you pull out the win? So. I would say, obviously, as Seattle sports fans, especially Mariners fans, this has been something that we've been used to. Yeah, that's it true. It doesn't give them a pass. Being patient, I guess, you know, it's always like, it's going to be a year. It's going to be in two years. It's going to be in three years. And it's been like 20 plus years, right? Yeah. So that's the hard part here. So I, I guess it's just taking the pressure off, enjoying the games that they win, celebrating those mm -hmm. wins. And if there can be fun added to it, and if we can continue to still show up and find joy in the yeah. game, that, yeah. that has to be what it's about. Because if you enjoy the game, if you're having fun, wins will follow. Yeah. Because you, you just get to be there and you get to be in the moment and the technique is there. And, you know, when you start to bring the pressure into the game, um, things can go a little different. Yeah. That's so, true. Yeah, that's a good point. That's my current thought. Pressure makes everything harder. I think, and literally harder. For, yeah, that's that creates diamonds, though. I guess. Right? I guess so, it does. And it does talking about baseball. So, and some some are arguing on the flip side that they're not being held accountable enough. That mm. there isn't enough pressure being put on them when they lose to turn out a win. Oh, to like that, hey, you that need they're to being complacent. What you did and like get better. That they're being comfortable with losing. Got it. Well, I mean, they've done it for a long time, so. 
Maybe so, that's part of it. Yeah. It just feels like same old, same old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll have to see how that goes then, I guess. Thanks, Potsy, for your question. Um, we have another question from Jeremy Green. And Jeremy Green says, with the current release of QB Levi Lewis, do we see an imminent arrival of Baker at some point this offseason? Or do you see them fully in on Gino Drew battle in training camp? Kate, what do you think? So I, you know, when, when I had heard um, kind of this Baker Mayfield stuff come up again, I sort of thought to myself, like, I can't see them going for Baker Mayfield unless they got him cheap because um, the, the whole cost of everything right now is just huge. Like they aren't even able to keep players that are awesome like Bobby and stuff because of just how much money people are, are, are yeah. needing to be paid. And so with Baker Mayfield salary and everything, it's like, there's no way the Seahawks are bargain shoppers. They, I mean, they really are. And you know what? Like sometimes you can find some great deals on your Facebook marketplace and Craigslist and stuff. But like at the same time, you know, every this is once not a buy while, nothing <laughs> group. Okay. No, no, it's not just give it's We're not just trading for free. Like you actually have to pay something, but um, you know, yeah, I think that overall, Every once in a while, you know, go in and pay full price for something that's great. But I think, I think that's the thing too, is they're like, Hey, they, they think that what they have, it seems like they think that what they have is, is going to be working for gonna them. pan out. And so I, I, I can support that. And I agree. Like, I don't know if I'd want them to take on a huge salary hit from Baker Mayfield. I mean, if they could get him cheap and try it out, like, I guess why not? But not for, not for the kind of money he's, he would requiring be at this point. Yeah. 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 And I 100% Kate answered this one really well. I agree. I kind of talked with it about it a little bit yeah. in the, again, the showdown lowdown segment for mm -hmm. the Seahawks. I addressed this with the re release of Levi Lewis. I don't think that the Seahawks will try to go out and figure out a different quarterback situation unless they saw or were overly concerned after sure. OTAs and mini camps and the progression of how they're running the offense. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're they're gonna they're gonna it's kind of like the Travaris Jackson moment of the transitionary quarterback, right? Yeah. The situation between Matt Hasselback to when we had acquired Wilson in the draft and Wilson became our franchise quarterback for yeah. the last 10 seasons. Yeah. Travaris Jackson was that bridge. And I see that the the that the Seahawks, if one of these two quarterbacks, and I really think that they want drew lock to live up to the expectations of what they saw in him even when he was drafted by the broncos yeah i think that they had they saw and liked something in him mm -hmm. i think that if he doesn't live up to those potential expectations or his mm -hmm. ability that they can't coach him up to that level that this is something that they're confident in being that transitionary quarterback yeah before they find the next franchise quarterback it seems like to me that's the route they're kind of going is knowing like hey this isn't forever but this is like to They're, get us through to what we're looking for. And after this draft, which we all think has been really, really good, I think that they're now, right now, they're focusing on getting those other pieces in the puzzle. Yes. You need and them. that if you have those pieces in a puzzle, even if, let's say, these quarterbacks don't pan out this season, if they can somehow land a quarterback in the draft next season, yeah. depending on where they fall on the draft, if they trade up, there's some... Uh, reportedly some good quarterbacks that could okay. be drafted next season okay that if they have the other pieces there yeah you they can really i mean they could thrive sooner than later yeah i mean what's the point of having a great quarterback if you don't have the o-line to support and stuff right exactly so, and they they've 
they've done well on getting that O line kind of locked in. It looked really. I'm good. really excited to see how that pans out this season. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So, thank you, Jeremy Green, for that question. Moving over to a underscore Stuart fifty one, they ask, "Are there more doors or wheels on the planet? Functional wheels of all functional wheels of all kinds count, and even small doors like cupboards count." Now, I know this had been kind of a hot button thing for a little while there. Um, I know Michaela and I have talked about this in before. I originally, um, when this first came out, I was originally on like team doors, I think. And then after seeing more and more evidence, I got moved to team wheels. So I'm currently on team wheels. I would say team wheels as well. Yeah. But I, I like to be the person that chooses neither is a type both. nine. So she's like, everybody wins, you no, know, like yeah. there's the an peace. equal, there's an equal I don't amount make anybody upset of doors and wheels. How does that make you feel? It makes me, I'll feel, let you process that. It makes me feel weird a little bit to think they'd be the exact same because for how many of anything there is in the world, if there was like the exact same of like more than one thing, it seems kind of like conspiracy ish. But the, the reason why wheels got me. Okay. The reason why wheels got me was because, um, Somebody had sent some sort of picture of, um, gosh, it's like a surface that's used in like manufacturing and stuff for like oh, yeah. boxes and stuff. Yep. And it would be sort of like if you could think of like a tabletop, but instead of it being like a solid tabletop, it has like just bars across it. And then each of those bars is just covered in wheels and it, you push the packages and stuff along it. It's not a conveyor belt. It's all just I like. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Though. Um, it's, it's, it's perfectly like, uh, analog, like there's no, you know, electricity to it or anything, but it's just one section of it must've had like 200 wheels or something like that. It was crazy. And so I was like, um, yeah, team wheels now. Like I just, I'll say team wheels. I just think just that, so you don't feel weird with my answer. No, you're allowed to have whatever answer you want. You're an independent person. You can think what you want to think, but I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things. that's an interesting interesting question to solve so thank you for bringing that back up for us again a Stewart 51 we appreciate that one um going over to mike mccarty mike mccarty says kate michaela what is your favorite leisure activity outside of going to a sports event i will start by saying going to sporting events is not usually very leisurely <laughs> if you are with michaela oh my god or myself in certain cases um Lots of like stress and like yelling and cheering and like yeah, it's not really that true. it's not really that laid back kind of thing when I think of of leisure. But I know what you're trying to say. It's not so that's true, Michaela. What do you like to do that is actually leisurely? You know, something that I know that we both enjoy is going to the beach. Like Cannon yeah. Beach is one of our favorite places to go. Yes, um, but I love taking my camera and taking doing like landscape photography and stuff. It's mm -hmm. something that I genuinely enjoy doing, and, and I'd say it's pretty low very key. Very good at it too. Um. I would, I would also say video games because I'm sitting on a couch, but typically I'm actually You're not very also, leisurely about that either. I'm also pretty <laughs> intense when I play video games, <laughs> so I can't answer that. I would say I, I'm going to go with the landscape photography is one of my favorite leisurely activities. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would agree with you on that one for that. I think so for sure. I like uh, taking naps. Naps are pretty great. And um non-sleeping activities. I like going on walks a lot. I don't do it nearly enough, but um, I like going on walks, especially if I have something to kind of like think about or process or, or that kind of thing. And so um, that's, that's a nice thing for me. And walking on the beach is like 
her the favorite best. thing. The absolute. She best. loves to get her like feet in the water and walk along the like, especially if we're at the ocean, you know, just yeah. the. And if it's too cold, I'll there. just have my boots on and I'll get my boots in the yeah. water instead. It's close enough, you know. It's so, her happy place. It is. I'm a Pisces, so you know I do like the water for that reason. Anyway, thank you, Mike McCarty, for that question. Moving over to Rick Judd. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Rick Judd. Rick Judd says, would you rather be forced to attend a concert of a singer who is tone deaf and can't match pitch or someone who cannot play a musical instrument? Okay, so before I answer this question, oh my gosh, Rick yeah. Judd, we're in the car the other day. Yeah. And Kate's a good singer. Like, like she's a good, I would say, a great karaoke singer. It's not like she's going to go out there and be a concert like I vocalist mean, I okay could, i could learn some stuff no i'm not going to but she's a she'd be she's great karaoke right so here have, she is i have vocal nodules so okay. i'm not supposed to perfect so she's in the car and she like is intentionally singing poorly and then i go i look at her like i give her a look and then she's like i'm just preparing you to figure out how you want to answer rick Jett's question <laughs> and i go i already told you that i would choose to listen to someone who cannot play a musical instrument and she just started laughing and i i for, i said something else smart to her but i can't remember well then no so then what happened ha 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 so then i started trying to sing like you oh. know i started trying to sing like regularly and i'd been screaming at two storm games last week and taught all week everything else my voice was a little thrashed and so it wasn't my best ever but i started trying to sing like actually decent and then she's like Babe, I already told you I don't want to listen to people sing off key or whatever. And I was like, oh. <laughs> she was actually on key. I was just being a jerk. I knew I knew I have she my was, moments. I knew she I'm was not a perfect human being, but it was funny. So yeah, my answer is I would rather listen to someone who cannot play a musical instrument because I'm less embarrassed for them. Like yeah. people who cannot sing on key and who are tone deaf, sure. they don't know that. They don't know it. Well, sometimes they do. Sometimes they've been told before. Well, then maybe. That's interesting. Either way, maybe they're just confident, you know, like whatever. Could this be. is my truth. I I'm would just it, feel you know? less embarrassed for them if they decided to get up and try to play an instrument they didn't know how to play. I think this is a hard question because it's like, what's the instrument? You know, like, is it the guitar? Because I could listen to somebody play the guitar poorly and it would not be terrible. But if you give me a flute, a flautist like something that could like, be like really like, like alerting to it's your ears just going to be so painful you know and so i think i know i can't be too picky with this rick i know i'm not i'm supposed to just pick a side so i think i'm gonna oh i don't know maybe i'll just go with the singing off key Thing. I don't know if I really want Rick, to do that I'm or gonna not. now test Kate's not in this very moment. I was like, I'm okay, intentionally sing off key in the car multiple times as loud as I can. You already sing the wrong words though, so it's like <laughs> she does that on purpose too. She'll Sometimes. sing the wrong words just to mess with me. Here's the issue too, though. I'll sing the wrong words, but then I'll sing the wrong words like every time we listen to that song, and then that's just has become the song for me. It's so, true. She does. Actually, I really don't know. She does the real actually words. sing the same wrong words <laughs> <laughs> so it actually is pretty funny so thank you rick now tim from puyallup showed up again and we had asked him where the local wizard has been and he gave us an update on his whereabouts and also had a question this for is us exciting the local yep. wizard huh? exactly exactly and here's what it says 
Wizard are wizards are great guys and gals, but terribly unreliable. Many people are saying this. I actually saw our local wizard at a barbecue. He summoned all the best hot dog condiments, ketchup, mustard, relish, and sauerkraut. But then said you had to choose one for the rest of your life, but not just for hot dogs. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. No matter what you ate, it had to include a serving of the one you chose. Eggs, pizza, cereal, ice cream, everything. What's it gonna be? Mustard. Oh. Mustard. There's something, it's like the vinegar yeah. flavor that I'm like, I could see you preparing that with things that would not make it be terrible at, with, for all of those. Yeah. I was torn between ketchup and that because ketchup also has a sweetness to it. Yeah. You know, but I would say that I would be sad if I didn't have mustard available. Like yellow mustard or honey mustard, I would say. Yeah, sure. Are my mustards of choice. Yeah. Could it be a honey mustard? Um, or is it just yellow mustard? I, I guess it's like it's, the classic. I think it's, they sound like classic hot dog condiments. Sure. Okay. So, but yeah, I'm going to go with that. You make a good point about mustard because I do like vinegar. Um, but okay. It doesn't say though that the other three don't exist. So it's not like you have to have one and the other ones don't. Like it's not like an elimination thing. No, but so, you have to choose one for the rest of your life. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I can't have the other ones too. So, like, if I was eating a hot dog, Kate's making this technical, I could put mustard on it, even if mustard wasn't the condiment I had to eat with everything. Interesting. So, it's not like it's disappeared and gone. Okay. So, I think my thought was that I was going to go with ketchup because um, I could mix that really well with, like, pizza, pasta, all that kind of stuff. It gave it a little more sweetness, but you could add a little bit of other seasonings and things to help, like you know, even that balance that out, right? You could also put it with, I don't know if I'd want to have it on cereal, but I guess I'd figure out some sort of creative thing. I mean, in college, I was pretty good at making random weird food work together. I'm sure I could do it again. So yeah. So I'm going to go with ketchup because I would still have access to mustard, but I wouldn't have to have mustard all the time. Tim, if she's bending the rules here because she's it doesn't reading say the they text. disappear. Okay. It doesn't say you can only pick one. And you'll never have the other ones again. If that's what it had said, that would be different. But it does not say that. It does not say you can have one and none of the others. It just says you have to have one on literally everything you eat. To our showdown listeners, anytime you ask a question, just be sure that Kate can interpret what you write for what it says, okay? <laughs> she will catch you on the things. She should have been a lawyer. I am a teacher, so I'm used to kids trying to like uh, finagle all the loopholes for everything. Yeah. <laughs> so... That was our final question there from the wizard, uh, Tim who, from Puyallup. The local wizard that talks to Tim from Puyallup. So um, I'm glad we could we could help out and hear from him again. Yeah, me tell too. Him, tell him we said, what's up, Tim? All right. Well, this leads <laughs> us to your closing podcast remarks for the Pacific Northwest Showdown episode 31. Yeah, 31. And, you know, a whole long, I just want to thank you month. all for yeah. listening, for tuning in. Yeah. And Kate, where can they find us on social media? Well, hey, we are on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at PNW Showdown. And you can find us there doing things, posting things occasionally, interacting with talking to people, having fun. Yeah. Instagram stories, Twitter. What's the Twitter thing called? Tweets. Is it a feed? No, like in the like you know how Facebook used to it's be a, a wall, feed. yeah, and now it's like I don't even know if it's not gonna it's not a wall anymore. It's a feed. I am old, you guys. Twitter feed. 
Twitter hated. That being said, look, anyway. life, life can feel hard sometimes. We all get older and things seem harder. So please remember, be kind. Always take care of your heart <laughs> and mind above all else. Until next time. Let's try it again. Ready? Marvel moment. Marvel moment. Marvel moment. Marvel moment. Oh, I was a little bit better. We'll figure it out. Anyway. Okay. I got got a question for you. Yeah. Okay. You can only choose one. Only one can exist, Kate. I don't like these questions usually. Okay. Go ahead. Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu. Uh, Or Olaf. (gasps) Oh. No. You're only one make me pick between only those two. Only one can exist. When you choose either Baby Yoda or Olaf, the other one ceases to exist. No longer it, it's like they never existed. It ceases to exist. It's like they never existed. Okay. Now I'm gonna get hate either way on this. Whichever way I go, somebody's gonna be mad at me about something. So I'm just gonna have to own it. And make it happen. Okay. Own it. Okay. Could Frozen exist without Olaf? No, it could not. Could Star Wars exist without Baby Yoda? Yes, it could. I choose to let Olaf live. How does Frozen... How would Frozen not still be... Okay, first of all, when Anna... Frozen 1, Anna and Elsa, Elsa, when they're children are playing in the whole like you know the 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 big ballroom kind of whatever thing they make the they make the snowman which is olaf together right then like you know elsa anna gets hurt it's a whole thing her and elsa never see each other they grow up they don't even really know each other but they've missed each other their whole lives etc okay this is one of those olaf stories etc this is also another reason why it's so good right so long story long i'm going to try to tone it down here Olaf is a critical and important component of the whole thing. And if you watch, um, it's the it's the Christmassy one. I know. It's the Christmassy one that's like Olaf's frozen adventure or something. 
I don't know. Anyway, it's the one where Anna and Elsa, they're looking for their their holiday traditions. They don't have any holiday traditions. And Olaf goes around to all the parts of the kingdom to find them. And then it all gets like messed up. I'm not going to say how in case you haven't seen it. But then at the end, oh, I am going to ruin this part. Sorry. It gets revealed that Olaf was their tradition. Olaf was what kept Anna and Elsa together. Elsa, like Anna would make little Olafs for her and all these kinds of things. Olaf is a critical component to that story. He's what kept the sisters going. I'm going to be... Um, I know who you're going to pick, and that's fine. Look, Olaf I, is the one for me. I'm going to say this. Josh and, Gad. Taking it. Yeah. Um. So I Grogu would choose... Dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, Grogu's staring at you this whole time you've been saying. You I know. We have a Olaf. We have a little baby Yoda doll over there that's staring at my me. eyes looking like how could you kill me um, I would choose Grogu and as cute as Olaf is um, baby Yoda takes it for me he is amazing that's all that's it this is the way whoa whoa all right all right Grogu's not dead 